Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to the Psychic Hour. Um, it's Friday, and here we are. Uh, 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. Please do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And, as always, we invite you to join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. Um, you know, just... Not to beat a dead horse, but I want to mention all of again because uh, there was some confusion, I think, on the last show that she did not win the competition. No, she did not win the cover. However, she did make the calendar. And actually, I think there were like 190-something cats that were entered entered in the competition. So she did quite well, actually. And it's funny, there are um, multiple competitions going on right now, all over the United States, calendar competitions for cats with shelters um, and uh, organizations, you know, that help uh, foster dogs or rehome dogs, cats. I've found a couple, uh, actually a few, we were talking about the difference between between a couple and a few on the last show, I found a few other competitions actually with heftier entrance fees, $25 to enter and a dollar a vote. But anyway, she got, she did place and out of that many caps. So we're very happy about that. So thank you again to those who helped make this happen for all of. Yeah. And she'll be start. She has a movie contract. She'll be starring in, um, don't look at me on a Sunday. <laughs> okay. So I posted the show. We don't have any callers, but we do have a topic. Um, uh, it's rather depressing <laughs> topic. Um, there was an article over the weekend that I saw, and you know, I didn't click on it because I didn't know the people involved. And it was about some fentanyl overdoses that had occurred because of cocaine that was laced with fentanyl. So for those of you who aren't familiar with fentanyl, it's an opioid that's like up to 50 times stronger than heroin. And typically, um, I mean, it's in painkillers. They give fentanyl like patches to people who have severe illnesses like cancer, you know, and are in hospice or have like multiple sclerosis. So it is used medically, but it's also um, available like in powder form 
and I think it's obtained from China. It's smuggled into the country. And what happens is, and what's happened in the past is that what a lot of heroin dealers will do is they'll cut the heroin with fentanyl because it's a cheap way to um, intensify the effects of heroin. And the drugs are in the same class. You know, it's, they're both opiates. So that's happened um, frequently, and there have been a lot of overdose deaths because of it. Because if you, um, you know, are a heroin addict, apparently, and you do your normal dosage of heroin, if, if, you, have, if you have heroin that's cut with fentanyl, you're not going to know you know, the amount of drugs that you're ingesting or injecting in your body, and then, of course, you you overdose. But what, the strange thing is, is now cocaine dealers are cutting, I, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, cocaine dealers are cutting cocaine with fentanyl, which is totally opposite. I mean, I, I don't even understand why, really, they would be cutting cocaine with fentanyl because of an opioid. One, but from what I read, they say the effects of fentanyl when inhaled um, are different than the effects of it when used like in a patch or in a pill form. So they can, you know, it can intensify the effects of cocaine, give you kind of a high that's a spacey feeling more along the lines of a cocaine high. However, it's extremely deadly, and they say one speck of this drug can kill. And so what happened over the weekend is, um, and there was another death, actually, that may have been linked to fentanyl, Michael Williams, um, which we'll get to in a moment. But the three, what happened is four people, three um, comedians, Fuquan Johnson, and Rinko Colangeli, Kate Quigley, and then another woman, Natalie Williamson, went to a house party. Essentially, I think it was just the four of them and did, must have done a line, probably, a piece, and three of them died. One of them survived. And so it's, 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 been kind of intense for me because you know talk about empathy you dive into these stories and start to absorb the people's lives and you know it's just so tragic these people were very young um, 41 years old um, Quan Johnson or 42 he was 42 years old um, Enrico Rico Colangeli was 48 um, this Natalie Williamson, who is less of a, a I, I don't believe she's in the industry like the others. She was only 33 years old. And Quiddy, who's fairly, she's pretty, um, I didn't know who she was. But she's a comedian. She dated like uh, the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker, the lead singer last year, who was apparently married for 20 years divorced his wife or was in the process of the divorce and they were dating. So anyway, she survived and, um, and uh, is in the hospital recovering. But what I found interesting about it is, you know, the fact that these four people 
ended up in the situation where, you know, three of them ended up dead after a night of, you know, you're going to a a house socializing, doing cocaine recreationally. I mean, a lot of people think cocaine is a, a really hard drug, um, but it is it is a drug that is done recreationally more than it should be, I'm sure. And um, unfortunately, three people ended up dead. So we're getting, you know, into a tribal situation, a karmic situation, something that uh, was predestined on some level um, from whatever past life experience they all shared. And in my estimation, it didn't necessarily need to happen, but what a, the, the, whatever factors um, that caused this to happen in each of their lives all lined up so it did. So it was a karmic destiny type of situation that was activated by their personal choices. So um, we have their birth dates except for one of the guys, unfortunately. So we can't do a total numerology. I mean, we can't completely understand the numerology of their birth dates because I'm thinking of birth dates. But, uh, Neil, do you want to weigh in since I'm going on and on? No. No. You want to, or you're about ready to give the birth dates? Well, we can give the birth dates. I mean, it's, I mean, there's some correlations. It's Like I said, it's unfortunate that there aren't, the birth dates, the birth date of the um, 48-year-old guy uh, who was born in 1973, we know that. There's that 11 factor in the, in the 1973. So, the so um, Fuquan Johnson was born 12-378. And F-U-Q-U-A-N Johnson. Uh-huh. And... Um, the, uh, 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 so then the Enrico guy, 1973, we don't know the day. Um, and then the um, young lady, Natalie, 216, 1988. So, so she's we a, only have two full birthdays? No, I have, an, I have the birth date of the survivor, Kate Quigley, 28, 1982. So, so Fuquan Johnson is a 31-4. Um, Natalie was a 35-8, and um, Kate Quigley is a 35, I mean a 30 equals 3, and of course she's got that 11 factor going on in her in 1982. What, what's, that? what's her name? The 2 eight. And the 22, her first and last. Um, her, her, what did you ask? Her name? Kate Quigley. So she's a 3. She's a 3. What's 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 interesting about it is she holds the so so Natalie was and I believe the connection from what I researched and actually I, I must pat myself on the back because none of the um, none of the articles I read had any information about this woman Natalie Williamson I actually tracked her down. I'm not going to really, I don't want to reveal how I found her or where I found her because I think that, you know, that's, you know, private and I don't want to publicize that, of course. But um, I was able to track her down 
through some detective work. So I did some pretty good detective work. And um, she, um, so I was able to find her birth date and, you know, the date of the service that, that you know, that's honoring her life. Um, but anyway, Kate holds her master number in her um, in her day, and Fuquan holds holds Kate's master number in his day. What I was going to say about the connection, though, is that I believe even the, the articles say that Natalie and Kate were friends. I believe that it was Fuquan and Natalie that were friends, and then she became friends with Kate and I don't know what the connection was with this Enrico guy. It may have been, you know, the first time they met, who knows? But, um, well, you know, the, 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 um, the first birthday, how do you pronounce his name? Fuquan? Fuquan. Fuquan. Fuquan Johnson. Who uh, I think his, month and his month collected and his last number is 38, which is the master numbers yep. of Natalie and Kate. Right. And uh, yeah. like you said, uh, 28, 2 and 8 for Natalie, first and last numbers, becomes Kate's first two numbers, not to mention her year inverted. And um, Kate's master number becomes... Well, he also, yeah, he also holds that 2-8 in, in his second and last numbers. So, I mean, they're all connected. This connection, the... But, you know, just because, okay, so there's a connection. 12, 13, 14, 15, 6. You can't really, unfortunately, in a situation like this, you really can't predict anything ominous or bad going on, except that there's a connection. When you go after the fact, you can yeah. look into it and see where some of the problems existed and why they occurred the way they did. You had asked me whether this was destiny. Well, or, I or just creative choice. Well, I said I yeah. I suggested to you. I mean, I asked you, but I suggested that I thought that this was a situation that was not total destiny, total total karmic destiny, meaning that they that that they did not come down to die together. I, I don't believe they came down to die together. I believe that it was a path that was a possibility of kar- a karmic destiny if if they made certain choices in their lives. Yeah, then it gets locked in. So That's, that would be destiny with contingency. Right. It, some of us have destiny. It's locked in. It's going to happen no matter what we do. Others can can make decisions in life. And according to the decisions they one makes, the end of that any one decision has a, can have a destiny factor in it. That's the other one. And then the other one is just pure creative energy that has no destiny-bound conclusion except for the fact that action can bring about one's downfall, but it's not necessarily uh, destiny. When destiny is locked into a birthday, that means that there's a written code that according to either circumstances as they stand, no matter what, something will happen. Or if you make a choice, this is what will happen to you, no matter what. And this was more of a destiny with contingency that they decided on that particular day to go to a 
private residence and to do a cocaine, to, to do something that obviously is dangerous. And so that at that point, destiny for that decision got locked in. So, right. yeah. so and, and, you know, when you look back at, at their lives, like Fuquan Johnson, there's a lot of references to getting high. Um, he's, there was a post on Twitter that said, I, like a week ago, that said, I'm so high, I just drank shampoo my whole body. There's a lot of references to drugs. Um, and so he was clearly, he, he advertised a little bit his drug use. Um, Kate quickly apparently said on many different podcasts that she was clean. Um, though when you look at her Instagram, it shows her drinking. So, I mean, it, clean must have, in her estimation, not included alcohol. And obviously she wasn't being honest about being clean because she, um, you know, <laughs> does cocaine. Um, and um, Enrico Colangeli, as far as my research goes, was really kind of a complex individual. So he was a comic um, who was also a uh, carpenter from Medford, Massachusetts. So he ran his family's uh, uh, construction business and was like a master carpenter and also worked on this uh, as a career, on his, in his career as a comic um, and was currently living in Los Angeles, but ran this company at the same time. He was a musician. I mean, he did all kinds of stuff, art, he was very talented, complex individual. It sounds like he was well-read, but looking through his Facebook, partied. <laughs> he loved to party. Lots of pictures of, oh, the, you know, oh, the best after party. This was the best after party. Oh, here we're at the after, after, after party. You know, pictures of them, you know, people obviously very late at night or early in the morning. Um, so, you know, if you're living your life um, and, you know, you test fate like that, then sometimes no. consequences happen. Go ahead. I just oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, the only thing I wanted to say about this, Natalie, which is just it's very upsetting to me. Um, she, it's, you know, there's very little available to see on her profile, but I could tell that she was married. Um, and then I was further able to investigate because I was able to find her husband's profile and they were, they were very, very much, um, animal lovers. So they had several animals, reptiles, cats, dogs, and of course, I saw this all last night, so I was really impacted. My sleep was impacted by this because I was thinking, God, her pets, uh, how yeah. they must miss her. But she didn't seem to me, you know, she seemed more to me to be someone who may have been very recreational drug user, um, not, you know, not, not someone who was, who was um, doing this every single weekend. You know, because she was pretty stable in her life, it seemed, and wasn't, as far as her social profile that I saw, 
didn't seem to be involved in the Hollywood scene, but was connected to this Fuquan Johnson, which was her entree into this group, you know, but her other friends seemed pretty normal, like average people. Like she lived a, you know, fairly normal life, loved her pets who are probably Mr. Terribly. You know, I use the metaphor, you can serve someone a great dinner, but if you poison the dessert, it won't matter what you serve for dinner. If you, if you, if you stop at eight stoplights and you run the ninth stoplight, red light, it won't matter what you did before. If you, if you mix your life with a negative energy, it, everything can be eliminated that you did previously. It can, it can destroy everything. You know, the, aside from all the books that have been written about psychic energy and explaining things, one of our literary giants, genius writers in terms of literary talent, uh, the book I would suggest everyone read if you really want to know the consequences of, of, the, of creative karma based on the past and how we can change our lives would be The Christmas Carol by uh, Charles Dickens. That book explains it in precise narration, the, the concept of how karma can be in one instance and then creatively move through one's life to where ultimately past, present, future, you can alter your destiny into something higher or meet destiny in its most ominous terms. He had it right there. Again, Charles Dickens was not a stranger to seances and the supernatural. He did all, he had a, a wide range of, of uh, objective thought about the psychic world and things like this. In that era, the Victorian era, there are a lot of seances. Ghost photography was starting to come into play. Indeed, Charles Dickens has photographs of him. Um, Wait, do, uh, photographs of him as a ghost? <laughs> well, no, but photography was starting to come into play. Oh, I, I see. I was like, what? Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, maybe he did speak to him, but... But you're uh, saying that ghost photography was, was coming into come vogue and, and then and, and then he was also photographed because that was Yeah. And Mary Todd, you know, everybody was into this kind of thing <coughs> about ghosts and spirits and things. So was Charles Dickens. The the idea though, where his brain went to conceptualize Christmas past, present and future yeah, and I mean, spirits. Yeah. I believe he was absorbing the the energy of, of that, the dynamics of karma. Yeah, but where did he get that? That's what I'm, you know, as an author, a writer, where was that information coming from? I mean, why, why was he connected to the well, supernatural in that you way? Well, Charles Dickens, equivalently, he had maybe, he got up to maybe an eighth grade education, up to the eighth grade, if that. He was, but he was, extremely well-read, extremely literate, and vastly intelligent, a giant. What, what, what chemistry his brain absorbed throughout his lifetimes and what he came in with, because don't forget he had a very rough childhood working in the, uh, in the, in the uh, child labor and 
and just terrible, terrible situations he had as, as a youth ultimately changed over time. And it wasn't to say that Charles Dickens didn't have his own demons. He wasn't particularly faithful to his wife and things like this. Um, but aside from that, his brain probably was a collective, the collective unconsciousness of his brain absorbed so many of the past lives. And he came in with an extreme awareness yeah, of time and space. It's interesting. Nine. He was born 1880, 1880. Wrong. Wrong. Way off. What? 18, 18, 18, he was born 1838 or something like that. Wrong. What? <laughs> 1812. 18, 12. 18, 12. 9, 12 12 18 so he has an 18. 19, 20, 21. 21, 3. He didn't live to be quite old. Charles Dickens? I don't yeah, think so. he died in 1870. He did, are you sure? Well, according to the internet. I, oh, they don't know. <laughs> I um, think it's probably correct. Yeah, he died in 1870. 58? Uh, maybe, maybe, well, maybe I mean, I'm people. Getting his age mixed up with Mark someone Twain. Someone else, I think. Mark Twain lived to be his mind. Well, anyway, so. Um, um, but but the, rest of the, the rest I'm saying are facts. Well, I mean, you know, okay. And. Uh, uh, it, you know, you might Why see he that die? he didn't have much of an education. Did he have like? He uh, might, you know, he died during the mystery of Edward Do Edward Wool Edward Do. He, he died while he was writing that book. I'm trying to find out um, why. He and died. which was another mysterious novel that he was oh, working on time, which was later concluded by other authors. But he was in the midst of writing that. Okay. Well, most of his novels were serialized. Little Dorrit. The whole nation of England wept when Little Dorrit died in a fiction. But uh, but we're getting to the Christmas Carol and the brackets of past, present, future, and how we can creatively sometimes decide our decide our destinies by choice. He just locked in there. Yeah, I mean it's just terrible. So we we we. God. We can, if we're if we're knowledgeable, and we've had plenty of clients where we have forewarned them not to do certain things. Yeah, and then they've they, ended up dead. And they ended up. And it's interesting, you know, to be in my research. There, I mean, six degrees of separation. I, you know, one of these people that that was warned happens to be connected with someone who was commenting and is connected to these people. Several of several of um, actually th- three people that were connected to on Facebook is connected to a woman who was making comments and is connected to this group of people. So yeah. it's it's interesting. The, the scope of tribal connections is somewhat remarkable, but. You know, it, it, it is. Yeah, in fact, in fact, she, the 30 equals three, the 30 equals three, um, the one who survived, is wearing a pair of pants that I own, a yoga, pair of yoga pants, and uh, she's photographed in them on her Instagram. So there you go. She's third, my, my master number, karmic number, and we have the same pair of pants. Well, birds of a... Birds of, birds of a uh, yoga pants, yoga together. yoga together. But the <laughs> idea, yeah, I mean, um, you know, when we 
well, conceptualize it when you have hand-me-downs. We, we are souls that are hand-me-downs. Our souls connect from previous lifetimes. And so when you get into the collective dialogue of the soul journey, it's not at all remarkable that, quote, coincidences come up in, in circles of, of human beings on the social level or personal level. Um, and so we, we find that, that uh, most of the people we encounter, not all everybody, but most people we encounter come from past life. To a higher degree that maybe got watered down, to uh, a higher degree that maybe intensified over time and didn't get watered down. So we we find these things happening. Yeah. And when you meet people uh, that you haven't seen for a while, you're thinking about somebody, then you meet them on the street. All of this has karmic tentacles. So. Uh, So the other thing is, you know, the the idea of who, you know, all of them are guilty. I mean, and I don't want to place blame or, or, or judgment because I mean, I really think it's a terrible situation and, you know, who knows when, you know, like I said, any, anything can happen in, in a situation where you're, you're using drugs. I mean, I remember in the eighties, the big thing was, oh, you try cocaine once and you can drop dead. And there was a woman I remember um, who, it was a pretty famous story about a woman who was like a straight A student. She was like in medical school, athlete, very healthy, beautiful. And she did cocaine once and died. I think probably had a heart condition, but there was nothing about like cutting drugs with fentanyl. Um, But, uh, you know, so obviously bad things can happen when you're, when you're, when you're doing drugs. What was my point? I don't know where I was going with my point. Well, I had a point that I was trying to make and I just lost my, my thought. Well, you're, you're talking about the history of that people can die from the first dose. Well, people can die from the first dose and this was right. So this wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the case here. I mean, so it's dangerous anyway. Um, and we know somebody who died using cocaine and, yeah. and methamphetamine together. In fact, we found that out yesterday, the, yeah. the cause of this person's death. And um, this person was sworn they weren't doing it to, to me. But uh, um, the the idea, though, you know, there is, you know, to watch oh, the horror I, I know of, what I was of snorting say. cocaine. I, I remember now. Okay. To watch the horror of snorting cocaine to see what it's really like, one of the most horrific images I've ever seen Godfather. was in um, Pulp Fiction. Oh, oh, when oh, she was geez. snorting that cocaine. And well, it was she heroin. Just, that That's... was heroin she was snorting. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she thought it was cocaine and it was heroin. That's why she oh. overdosed. Well, that I can happen. That can happen too because it can be laced with. Well, yeah, you can. Right, you can have you can have powder heroin. But it doesn't matter that what she what that scene what that scene depicted could have been straight cocaine too. It could go right to your yeah, but it wasn't in that case. It was and, heroin. And usually it's cardiac arrest, you know, or you choke on you choke to death or whatever. You have a brain him. Oh great, so, okay. So in the so what? But I do remember my point. Go ahead. So 
So the point that I was going to make is, so they're all guilty. And like I was saying, I'm not placing blame on anybody. And there's so much judgment, unfortunately, you know, horrible things being put on this girl's Instagram, the survivor, you know, you deserve this. I think it's really awful. And, you know, people should, you know, you, you know, people uh, who live in glass houses should not throw stones. But on a karmic element, then you have to get into the idea of who supplied the drugs. Where did this occur? You know, who, and in the tab, not the tabloids, in the news articles, it says, and I'm probably revealing too much information. It says it was a house adjacent to the house of this woman that survived. But we know what it wasn't because there's other articles stating that they were at her house. So this occurs at this woman's house. So she's the person that's brought everybody into her home. And then this occurs. Yeah. We don't know who supplied the drugs at this point. But you know, the person who supplied the drugs has a greater responsibility on a karmic level, even though they were all partaking. And, you know, that has to be factored in once yeah. they're You're up there, you know. We were watching a special about this guy that goes on a boat cruise with his girlfriend and supplied the, brought the drugs to have a good time. And um, apparently she died taking these drugs and he's left with this horrible uh, oh guilt. yeah guilt. uh the methadone yeah the methadone he was coming off yeah he was coming off vicodin addiction he had a yeah. bottle of methadone he had gotten on the black market brought it on the cruise smuggled it in in a dayquil bottle and she ended up taking it we don't know how she got it no one knows and to this day that hasn't been solved i looked it up last night and that was in 2006 no one knows still yeah Karma works in strange and mysterious ways. If a human being's energy is prone to have a fatal destiny clause in it during life, karma will find you if you go down that path. It will immediately ambush you. So you've got to be very careful. Now, uh, I just read of an incident where uh, this young kid was just crossing the street. And he was an ideal human being. Everybody loved him. He was positive. He was just a great human being, a young kid, 17, 16, six, about 16. And 30 feet from the curb, a drunk driver struck him and killed him. Now, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was totally in legal standing uh, crossing the street. And this drunk driver killed him, tragically. Now, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was an ideal person. So the premise comes in, wow, karma has, takes no survivors. Now, that was destiny. If you say that the, uh, that the person who was drinking chose to do a path where he decided to drink. The reason that wasn't the kids, the reason that was destiny is because if that guy makes that decision, if we make crude decisions, 
it's not typical that we end up killing somebody with those decisions. Somebody else can't be a victim of somebody else making a bad decision karmic-wise. I mean, uh, decision-wise, creative-wise. So in that respect, unfortunately, there was a horrible, horrible karmic destiny conclusion that that individual, we don't have his birthday, he was too young to get it. But that in, he might, it might be in the paper. But I don't know what you're talking about. But that individual uh, and this man killing him, drunk driver, uh, there might have been a destiny factor in there. And that's the sadness of karma and destiny, is that sometimes we come down to, to meet our destiny. Yeah, who knows? And, and it can be a fatal one at who, that. Who knows what their connection was? I mean, obviously, they didn't know each other at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no connection in this lifetime. But what was their relationship in the past life? You know, uh, there, there, was, there was some connective tissue that yeah. brought them to that state, even though there was no, um, you know, nothing prior to the, the fatal incident. Yeah, and, you know, these explanations can can appear to be insensitive to the uh, circumstances to say, oh, you know, that was karma, that my son would die like that, such a great human being, and he would die, and you're saying that was karma, you know. Obviously, it's a crude observation to make, but when you get into the depth of karma, when you get into the the past the, the tragedy of any one given event, and you leave it at that. But when you get into the depth, why? Why? Well, what are the common explanations? You know, it was just physical circumstances. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it happened. Or you 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 equate destiny with that other term, fate. It was fate. It was in the book or whatever. Or you go deeper. And you're, you you delve into the to the kind of the connotations involving karma and past lives and the consequences thereafter. So when we get into their birth dates, you know, the the Nat, Natalie, the the youngest woman, did not have an eleven in her in her linear code. There's no eleven going on. Her first and last are a ten. So that brings up that zero factor, which can be a you know a problematic zone. Um, but everyone else has an eleven. Everyone, <laughs> every single person. 1982, Kate. Yeah. Um, Fuquan has an eleven in his higher. He he has his higher number um, on the in the year is seven, and his master number is four. So there is his eleven, yeah. which is a danger zone. Especially, af- especially, you know, after the age of 31, because that's, you know, af- the year, you know, he's on his transcendent side past the karmic age. So, in fact, he was, what, 42 years old? So he would have been he 11 years. Yeah. He was 11 years past. He would have been he would have been 43 in December. So he was 11 years past his um his um karmic number. He was yeah. 11 years past his karmic number and we know Enrico was born in in 1973. 
So he's got an 11 going on. Not to mention 9-11's coming up, and we know about that. Yeah. But Kate and Kate and uh, Natalie together are an 11. Their master numbers are an 11. And I saw on the news, I think it was the plane flight, the number of the plane flight or something came to an 11 on that fatalistic day, too. When we get into the idea of... Uh, 11. The darkness. Well... The darkness of 11. That that brings up... Why is that ringing? Five, six, oh. Oh, two, eight. So the, um, that brings up another person that died over the weekend. So on the opposite coast, um, an actor on The Wire, I believe it is, Michael K. Williams, died um, of a, an apparent heroin overdose. Um, it's un, an un, unknown at this point because I don't think they've completed the autopsy yet, but there's drug paraphernalia uh, on on the premises, and so he had struggled with drug addiction. So this was in um, Brooklyn in his apartment. They found him dead. Uh, same same and same possible circumstances. It's suspected that you know it could could have been a heroin overdose, um, but he could have also had fentanyl laced drugs. There have been like a lot a lot of um, incidents. Um, recently with fentanyl laced cocaine and and heroin but um, on the East Coast there were several deaths over I think the last week in Long Island six people died or something but several calls to to 911 from people who who had uh, snorted this uh, fentanyl laced cocaine but let's talk about his birthday 1122 yeah. 1966 now you know I mean somebody Here could say we, oh come on any number can, I mean, I can find you the number seven and show you all these tragedies. Any number, we're not saying that any number can, can have tragedy and 11's exclusive. 11's, though, have a, and look it up, 11's are very negative in some cultures. 11's have a, uh, a negative zone in it that, that is, has a deliberate composition that can result in something very dark, not only just in terms of the, the ultimate result of death, but it, it involves it can involve rape and, and drugs and all kinds of darkness that comes in. There is something about the, the content of that number that corresponds to something dark. Now, which we could get into, which we won't <laughs> right now not, for our book. But, but the flip side is you can have positive elements in 11, which you would think, well, that just contradicts everything. So it's positive and negative. Oh, I. But, but there is a deliberate note that do cigarettes produce cancer? Cigarettes. Can you get cancer specifically from smoking cigarettes? Yes. Is there something specific about the number 11 that is totally negative? Absolutely. There should be a warning on that and, number. And I want to add, though Natalie didn't have an 11, she was on a multiple of 11. She was 33 years old. Yeah. So even though she doesn't have it in her linear code. As you same know. year Christ died, you know, three times 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 33 is a, is a, it has those connotations yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, when you get into the, the multiples. Of and 11. several different, um, well, there's the 29 club, because I think they're, 
29. I think several uh, rock stars died at the age of 29. Yeah. But there are several that died at 33 as well. Well, John Belushi, was he 33? Yeah. He was. I mean, he wasn't. He was a comic as well. Has a darker connotation than even 38. Yeah. Which we won't get into. Or um, why? 49. But it's really when you find out why. The reasons why eleven are dark. I mean, it's fascinating. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. It, yeah. There. There are multiple uh, reasons to support it, and it's not, you know, known in. I mean, New Age. People think eleven is 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 twin soul. You know, it's a it's this master number. It, it, no. Well. You can have twin soul eleven. Yeah, okay. Well, but it I mean, it doesn't. There is a side to eleven that that grants the that permission. You have the permission to to grant it something positive. We're not disputing that eleven can have a positive energy and a miraculous energy. But what we're saying is that there's something lethal in that number and. Uh, in the book we're working on, uh, we devoted hundreds of pages to this very topic with sound data in terms of research to support the premise. You know, sure, you can pull out any number but, and, and find something negative about it, but that's not what our stance is. We're not going, we admit to that, but we're, we're we're suggesting something about the number 11 that is, that is extremely, and as we get closer to 9-11, less than 24 hours away, we, we meet something very tragic in the energy of what that number is. Well, I mean, there, and there were several 11s surrounding that day, too. Well, and then came to the number 11. Then we have to talk about why that occurred on 9-11. <laughs> I mean... Why did that occur on 9/11? Was it just happenstance, or was there something premeditated going on? That would be a, for my my evaluation, that was a karmic date. That just didn't happen then. When we get into 9/11, of course, we have nine and two, which inverted is 29. 29. Um, and then, of course, the year forever changes in time. But the year of itself, when it when it first occurred, it was nine eleven. What was the year two thousand one? Which, in the in the attitude of two thousand one, you do have a certain eleven factor in it. When we get just to two thousand one, we really have one one one. When we break it down, right? So. There's a, there's a certain there's a certain if you will crucifixion if you will in that regard in terms of the attitude of that number when we get to the full date nine eleven it's fourteen five right is a four is a fourteen five uh, nine to eleven to thirteen fourteen five now what five is a physical number. We we connotate it to be the uh, throat chakra, but when you get into anal- a- analyzing the the density in terms of the themes of numbers, 
Five becomes very physical. A lot of women who are fives by master number are bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah, very, very physical. <laughs> what is very physical? They're very active. They're very active. Um, so five takes a certain physicality of energy that uh, exceeds beyond the, the concept of it being the, the chakra of communication. But it's the chakra of expression. And athletes are expressive people. They do it through the body, body motion. Every athlete it doesn't have to say a word. They express their energy through a physicality of energy. So communication becomes that of physicality, whether they're skilled at golf or baseball or wrestling, football, it doesn't matter, swimming. It's all Gymnastic. in the aspects of the expression and the, the, the uh, contortion, if you will, of the body doing something to achieve a physical feat. Well, you know, something else I, we mentioned on the radio before, but I mean, let's talk about 911, the phone number for emergency. Where did that come from? How did that originate? Yeah. 911, that's the yeah. emergency number. I, I actually don't know what the origins of 911. When you look at the, how 911 or 11s stream through time, you're going to see that there's a lot of going darkness. on that will have you scratching your head and pondering what's going on with this number. What is coming out of the universal stance of interpretation that brought this number? Yeah, 1968. It was in 1968. That was the universal universal, universal emergency number um, that was introduced by AT&T. Interesting. Date, but they don't explain why it they, became nine. They don't nine explain. Nine. I mean, they may. I just, I'm not oh, able nine, to. Nine. It's an alert. Because when. We're, uh, interesting. Human, we're puppets. We're human beings. We're, 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 we're being directed under higher concepts. The first 911 call occurred after the 1974 rollout. So there's another 11. 11 yeah. But with these people, by the way, so you were breaking down 2001. Um, as an 11, in a sense, because of in the way, one, yeah. one, one. So getting back into these birth dates, you know, Fuquan was born in the 12th month, which is essentially in a one, one, one. And, and the Natalie... Um, both born in February. Huh? Well, two, one, though. She was born two, 16. Yeah, both born months, in February. Uh, they all hold oh, two in the months, month. except for Rico, who we don't. I mean, we. He's got a website up and a obituary, um, but they don't put his birth date, which is really aggravating. Um, you know, something else we talked about briefly. I want to mention last night is the day that they died, which was actually officially nine five twenty twenty one, which is a nineteen ten one. However. They really, it was, uh, paramedics arrived on scene at 12.04 a.m. So, and they were dead already. So they probably were dead on 9-4, which would have made it in 18-9 when they died. Yeah. So, you know, we started looking for well, that factor. Well, when you get into the concept of time, I mean, time. In their birth dates. Space. Space and movement is organic. Time itself is invented. We invented time by separating 
hours, minutes, seconds into numbers starting at a specific date. I mean, there is BC that we have before Christ. After dissension, we have BC AD. I don't know. Yeah. After dissension. Well, I would say after dissension. <laughs> what? After dissension. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm making a joke. But... Um, but uh, the idea that that we we our brains are geared to to start to formulate the organization of civilization through numbers, and those numbers either they're connected to a birth date or a time in the day or a date or a measurement. Numbers rule us. My grandfather who. When I was a young boy, being a psychic, numbers were so impersonal to me, I had an aversion to numbers. I didn't care about numbers. Oh, yeah. I feel and I, he hit me on the head with newspapers so many times to convince me that numbers were magical. And, I, and the number he kept hitting me on the head with was three. He would say three so many times it drove me nuts. Oh, well, I guess we know why that is. Yeah. But um, the... the, uh, the yeah, and then I finally got it. And then I finally got it, and I started to become more involved in numbers. Well, it's interesting. I'm sorry. I did cut you off. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is the same thing with me, and I mean in relation to what I did growing up. I mean, <laughs> rhythm, not strong. Numbers, math, not, you know, I was much more linguistic. That was where my, I mean, I did well in school in, in all subjects, but I was not interested in numbers. So getting yeah. into the field of numerology was the last thing that I predicted for my future. I mean, even though I was involved somewhat in numbers in an odd way. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know I, in, I would think, what, you know, what do I care about numbers? What, you know, I'm not going to sit there crossing the street thinking about numbers. They don't rule me. And I don't care about numbers. I was more in the humanities. Yeah. But when too. I, and I was not good at numbers as a, as a child. I, I didn't care. But when I became absorbed in the concept of numbers and then went on to intermediate algebra and calculus, getting A's, it, it changed my whole way of thinking. So I absorbed myself in the number system first as, as a major mechanical calculating endeavor and prove to myself that my brain could absorb the concept of numbers in all abstract forms. And then what that moved itself back into the narration of psychic energy, where numbers became mystifying to me and, and absolutely supernatural and holding elements and secrets and narratives that were beyond just the concept of calculations so they became it became quite quite a, uh, a discovery in that respect, and and they are they fill our lives constantly. You can't get away from it. Our heartbeat is a number, constantly. How many heartbeats have we experienced since we've been alive? And now the concept is in terms of I don't this want to abortion. start thinking about that. That'll keep me awake at night. Yeah. <laughs> in, in abortion, they're saying that after six weeks, when well, you can detect a heartbeat, and some doctors are saying that's nonsense because that's not really a heartbeat. It's a pulse. 
it's just blood, there's nothing there yet. And, but, but yet, nonetheless, in this great debate, the idea that, that life begins with a heartbeat, and that's even pre-birth, pre, pre, that as soon as the embryo becomes a fetus, there is the concept of a heartbeat. And at that point in time, then, about six weeks, there's no embryo, it's a fetus. So the, the idea that um, where, where does life begin? And how do we count the measurements of that? Even at six weeks, that's a number right there. Right. So uh, well, this we is, can't escape it. Yeah, that's can't escape the whole other which we can't get into. Everywhere. From yeah. animal to insect, the, the beat of a number. Well, I, I hope I can let this go a, a little bit now that we talked it out for an hour because it's been haunting me. I wish I, I almost wish I would have never clicked on this article because when I initially saw it again, I was like, I don't know these people and I'm not interested. But then I got completely sucked in and <laughs> my mind, you know, uh, sad, very sad. Yeah. Very sad. But, um, Rest in peace, as they say. Well, that probably isn't happening. I mean, we didn't even get into that idea of what's going well, on with our souls at this point, you know. But well, maybe another show. Maybe another show. We're back on the air on Wednesday, and uh, hope to hear from some of you then. Bye.